to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Faith to Go digital resource curator. And I'm Hannah Wilder, and I am the relief preacher at St. Andrews Encinitas. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathy Wilder, and I am the executive director up at Camp Stevens. Julian, your diocesan camp and retreat center. Mm. The team... Team's back together. We got the band back together. Feels like. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Wow. A real star-studded cast today. So happy to have both Wilders, Kathy Wilder <laughs> and Hannah Wilder, on the podcast today. A supernova of excitement and joy. Uh, we'll see if we can make it. Th- if your ears don't explode by halfway through the podcast, there's something wrong with you. Just kidding. Uh, if your ears explode, there's definitely going to be something wrong. Uh, you should go to a hospital. <laughs> Um, thank you, uh, Hannah and Kathy for being here and thank you all for joining us again, uh, for this week leading up to August 15th. We'll be talking about proper 15, AKA the 12th Sunday after Pentecost, but who's counting Sundays after Pentecost anymore? You know, after, after double digits, you got to let it go. That's over. Switch to propers. (laughs) Um, but before we get into it, like always, we have guests on the podcast and even when we don't. Uh, we always want to hear about where our friends uh, saw God this past week in their life. So, Hannah and Kathy, I think you both have one, and I think Hannah's going to go first. So, Hannah, where did you see God this past week? Yeah, so I'm lucky enough to live at Camp Stevens with Kathy, and we had a few counselors over to our house after the wrap-up of Camp Stevens' uh, summer camp, and I just felt so alive and connected listening to them talk about their experiences of the past few weeks, and you know, they're, they're talking and laughing and they're like reflecting on hard things, but also good things. And it just, um, was a moment like a golden, holy moment in our, in our, like around the kitchen counter, you know, or just, um, sharing, sharing our lives, sharing the stuff of our lives. And, and it was great to see them grow in through hard things and to make good choices and to figure stuff out and to make mistakes and to learn from it. And it was all just really, um, a holy moment. Mm-hmm. So cool. Awesome. And, and Kathy, I think you yours is thematically similar, related to camp. <laughs> of course, yeah. We just wrapped up four weeks of summer camp and uh, just couldn't be more grateful for all the people involved. And some of the people involved in camp are chaplains that we invite each week to come up. And this summer we had a few new chaplains, which was really exciting. Uh, one of our chaplains this week, uh, first time ever to camp uh, as far as uh, summer camp goes. And all week he kept saying, oh, hey, uh, you know, I've never been to camp before. And so I he was trying to get context and understand and, of course, did a wonderful job. And uh, he, at the very end of the week, uh, came up to me and said, uh, you know, as a gay person, I realized that the reason I didn't go to camp as a boy is because there wasn't a camp that welcomed me. Mm-hmm. And he said, that, you know, now I found a place. And I realized, of course, over and over again, that camp is not just a transformational place for kids. It's for our counselors, as Hannah just mentioned, mm-hmm. but even our chaplains who come up. And it just made me feel so proud of the work we're doing and being a part of the Episcopal movement to really include people in the journey of faith that we're in. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you both for sharing your God sightings this week. I was also at camp this week. 
We were all three together. Yay! And uh, we're going to go to the gospel now. One of, you know, just our favorite story over and over and over again from Jesus. <laughs> we're still in uh, the gospel of John, John chapter 6. Hannah is going to read the gospel for this coming Sunday, uh, August 15th, proper 15th. And then we'll each highlight a point uh, that jumped out to us from the gospel. It is John chapter 6, verses 51 to 58. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. Okay. Uh, you are in the right week of, this is a new podcast. You're not, you've not <laughs> accidentally gone back two weeks and listened to an old one. Um, it just all sounds very similar and yet very different each each uh, of these sections of John chapter 6. So there's not a whole lot of context that I need to give you because it's the exact same as the last two weeks. It's John mm -hmm. chapter 6, but we're just uh, moving through these. How many verses are in John chapter 6? 71 verses. Wow, they could have broken that one my, up into oh two gosh. chapters, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, this is the very next part of john chapter six and actually next week we're going to hear the end so by the end of next week's podcast we'll have read the entirety of john chapter six in the middle of year b like in the middle of mark's gospel so um there's something important here in john chapter six that's why we're it's just like popping up for us to read it in its entirety and so we're gonna pay attention to what's going on here and what what maybe is different in what jesus is saying today as opposed to the last couple of weeks when he's been talking about being the bread of life in conversation with the crowds and with the disciples and with the, the Jewish leaders. So Hannah has the first point. Take it away, Hannah. Yeah. Well, I've been thinking a lot about hunger and thirst lately because I have a new job um, as a server at the Julian Cafe. And so for my work, I feed people and give them something to drink and you know, I think that there's a way that our professions, our, our work that we do during the day is actually us giving our life to that thing. Like there's a way that I am giving my life energy for this cafe so that people feel welcome. So they're getting something to eat. They're cared for. Like that is so satisfying and nourishing to me. And there's an exchange, right? Like I'm exhausted at the end of the day. <laughs> So there is a way that I'm giving my very life for this work. And we all do that in all of our, our vocations and callings and professions. It doesn't matter. I mean, you could be a gas station attendant and you are giving your life for that, for that work. Every, every job is important. So, um, and I think that at first these verses sound crazy, you know, but then as you 
um, engage with them, I think that Jesus is inviting his listeners and us to a deeper life, really. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's inviting us to his life. Like he's saying, my life, my very life is bread for the world. So I think that as we walk the walk that Jesus walked, you know, like even to the cross and to death, you know, and and resurrection and then healing, like that we are engaging that life on a deeper level and that that is truly what is life-giving, you know? Mm-hmm. And if we're, if we're not doing that, if we are um, maybe stuck in our addictions or we're avoiding something that's hard or if we're distracting ourselves with shopping or eating or numbing out or, you know, if we're not paying attention, if we're not like truly living life Mm -hmm. and none of those things are bad. I'm just saying like, there's a way that we could be doing those things unhealthily. We could go our whole lives without like getting to that deeper level. I just think we're not truly living. Mm -hmm. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, This makes me, it makes me think of, um, I have a feeling like this story is supposed to is kind of also kind of a callback to two chapters earlier with Jesus and the woman at the well in Samaria, mm. the Samaritan woman, because he tells her uh, the water that I will give. He's talking about like the water of like eternal life, the water that I will give yes. um, will become in them a spring of water gushing to eternal life and that whoever drinks of this water uh, will never be thirsty again. And she says, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty again or have to keep coming here to draw water from the well. And it's very similar to two podcasts ago, two readings ago when the, the guy who came up to Jesus in the morning, the next day after the, after that big feeding of all those people was like, Jesus was like, I have bread and whoever eats it will never be hungry again. And he's like, sir, give me this bread so that I may never Mm -hmm. be hungry again. And so it's also interesting because this word Jesus says, true food, my flesh is the true food. That Mm -hmm. word is also used in this story because the disciples come and they say, Jesus, you need to eat something. And he says, I have food to eat that you do not know about. And they're like, Mm. well, what are you talking about? No one could have possibly come since we left to give you food. And he's like, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Which makes me think of what you're talking about, Hannah, is like as when we I, I think part of this, like you're saying, is like this metaphor of like when we are doing when we are embodying our call, our vocation, when we are feeding people, when we are like bringing into the world, um, when our like deep desire is meeting the need of the world, then we are being fed and nourished in like a very deep way more than Mm. like actual bread or actual food is going to nourish us and like Mm. it's gonna like that the food we eat will always lead to us being hungry again but that kind of food is like nourishing in like an eternal way and Mm. like you're saying when our when our like vocation and desire is like world focused and other focused and focused on meeting people's needs and meeting people where they are, then we're, then we are being nourished in a way that is, mm. that is like eternal and deep. Um, yes. Eternally deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mutual nourishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I really, uh, 
I really like the uh, the humanness of this uh, interaction. I think that, uh, as you mentioned, they're sort of leading up to this uh, through several verses about sort of Jesus talking about how, you know, I am I am the bread of life. I am uh, I am the one who can bring the food where you'll never be hungry. Uh, and in this point, he's like, listen, what I'm trying to say is you got to be here now in the flesh mm. on this earth, doing the work in the dirt, getting your hands dirty, doing the hard things. Uh, that's what I mean by uh, by eating this bread, by being part of this movement. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that I think a lot the audience, when I think about the audience, they're generally folks who are you know, really like in their heads or being, you know, following some, these like human made religious rules that, uh, you know, they've been told all their lives that this is how you get to, uh, you know, to how you live into your greatest self or, uh, make, make good with God. Right. But Jesus is saying, listen, you got to get in here and you're going to be like part of my flesh and my blood and, like that, that my flesh and my blood and uh, is a part of this humanity, mm-hmm. part of this movement. And uh, I think it sort of almost has a tone of like, hey, I'm trying to send you a message. So now I've got to be real graphic mm-hmm. about right. like, <laughs> I got to get in it because I need you to understand. I'm not talking about some easy, like fast food thing. I'm talking about really getting in there and doing the work and it's going to be hard and it might even be like a little shocking, but that's how that's what it means to really get in here and be with me and do this work and be close to others and God and uh in your community in reality mm-hmm. yeah and like you need you need to bring your body like I'm bringing my yeah. body so that you can bring your it. body too you got to be here that's right like in all of yourself <laughs> yeah and mm-hmm. I like I like what you said there about how like as there as this as this dialogue is unfolding Jesus is like becoming more and more graphic <laughs> and yeah. And yeah, it's like there. It's not like he's running. It's not like some sort of shock and awe kind of thing. But at some point, it is supposed to like be. It is jarring. It's supposed to be like uh, shaking yeah. them out of their preconceptions about what he's talking about because they're trying to fit this kind of paradigm shifting reality that he's trying to bring them into the box of the world that they are as they already understand it. And totally. he has to yeah. say crazy stuff, kind of, to get them out of that way of thinking. You know, he's like mm-hmm. trying to change the paradigm. He's trying to create a a world that is like uh, he's trying to create a a like meaning for life that is delinked from the like meaning that the mm-hmm. kind of imperial authorities have told them their lives are meant for. You know, it's like to like propagate yeah, exactly. the state and to like make money and to like keep getting power. And he's trying to invite people to something totally different. And it's like very, in a very jarring kind of way, he's got to use this really intense language. Yeah. You know, and it's not, yeah, he's like really, he's really getting, getting to the nitty gritty. And I, I like that. I like that nitty gritty Jesus. Yeah, me too. I feel like that's the, that's the recognizable Jesus that walks among us now trying to shake us loose from what we think is, you know, important, what we value, the things that we value in life. Like that's, that's what shakes us loose is when we're like, Hey, it's really different. And it's really hard Mm -hmm. uh, to really do the, like take the work, do the work that, that really matters to other people 
and it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be a hundred percent worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, that these verses really um, contradict any kind of dualism. Like I love yeah. how Jesus is so incarnational, mm-hmm. you know, he's talking about his actual flesh and blood mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and, and how important it is. So I appreciate that. Right. Yeah, that's so true because it, he is definitely speaking metaphorically and like definitely talking about spiritual realities, but talking about them in such graphic embodied ways, mm-hmm. really bringing together that kind of like flesh and spirit um, mm-hmm. non-duality. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that gets to my, my point, the third point, which is very similar to Kathy's and kind of jumping off from Kathy's and as, and having like talked about this chapter for the last three weeks, I like wanted to like zoom back out and look at the thing in its entirety and look at like how this whole dialogue kind of unfolds. And it's, it's really interesting how to me, how it starts. It really, it actually does start with people eating bread because the whole thing starts mm-hmm. with the feeding of the 5,000. So like there was bread at one time <laughs> that wasn't just metaphorical bread. There was real bread. Jesus gave this real bread to all these people. This miraculous thing happened. He walks on water to the other side of the sea of Galilee. And then this whole dialogue starts with a person that had gotten that bread from Jesus, that real actual bread from Jesus. And so this whole thing starts with Jesus saying this person coming to Jesus and being like, Jesus, that's like amazing. How, when did you get here? We were waiting for you on the other side of the, of the sea of Galilee. And like we, it took us so long to get over here. Did you like run across the top of the water? Ha ha ha. And Jesus actually did do that. And then, Yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. And then Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is like, "Why are you? You're not. You're not asking me because of some miracle. You just want more food." And then they get into like the manna thing, and he's like, "I'm the one. I like. Th- there is bread that like, there is there is bread from heaven that is like, you know, more that you if you eat it, you will never go hungry like your ancestors in the wilderness." And he's like, "Give me this bread," and Jesus is like, "I am the bread that's come down." And then the Pharisees are like, how could this guy say, I am the bread? We know this guy. He's Joseph's son. We've, we've met him before. And he's like, oh, you don't, you know, you can't go with me there. How about here? I, mm-hmm. I am the bread. And if you eat of this bread, then you will have eternal life. And I will raise up, raise up all those on the last day. And they're like, whoa, he's saying we have to eat his flesh. How could he say we have to eat his flesh? He's like, oh, you're not going to go with me there. How about this? You have to drink, eat my flesh and drink my blood and only when you do that will you have life in you. And it's like, I I am like, the similar to like, Kathy, your point about how gritty it is. I, I'm appreciating how much he's like pushing all the people with him. Because none of this happens outside of like a, di- a genuine dialogue with the people mm. he's interacting with. Again, going back to the embodiment thing. That Jesus isn't just like standing up, addressing the crowd in some sort of monologue. He is really saying all these things in response to people and he's kind of meeting them where they are, but then he's not just meeting them where they are. He's like meeting them where they are and then pushing them further and seeing how far they'll go with him and, and seeing how gritty they will get with him and how much they can handle and like how, how much they can shift their, their world's frame and how much they can change their paradigm and without getting too much into like what we'll talk about next week, the answer is like not very many of them are going to go there with him. 
but that's kind of but Jesus again is not really about quantity of followers. He's about quality of relationship, mm. relational depth mm-hmm. and spiritual depth. So he's kind of always like inviting people into a into a deeper understanding of their relationship to him of to themselves, to God, to other people and like pushing them and inviting them by challenging them, you know, into deeper relationship with him. And so I really appreciate that. And I just love that idea of like, you know, he's trying to, he's like the way that he is in dialogue with people is by being with them, challenging them and inviting them into greater depth. And I always, I know. And I think that, that what we can take away from that is like being, becoming aware of when we are feeling that, when are we feeling challenged by someone's story or someone's belief or someone's um, truth that they're trying to tell us. And like when we get uncomfortable, like the Jewish leaders here or like the disciples even, or like the crowd, are we going to, are we going to run away? Are we going to persecute that person? Or are we going to be able to like take that invitation, uh, go into depth with them, sit in that discomfort, in that question and in the mystery And so as Jesus invites these people further and further into this mysterious thing he's saying, into the the truth that is the mystery, this like unexplainable reality that you really can only kind of intuit and feel in your body, um, can we go there with people now? You know, can we can we live in the discomfort Mm -hmm. of not being able to name exactly what's happening, but like know that something is happening? I love all that you just said, David, and it is about like deeper relationship and really engaging and being present with people and going there, you know, yeah. in a loving kind way, but going there with people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's so interesting that humans have taken all of Jesus's amazing life and like put it into like a little wafer that's like, you know, a pre-made, a prefab wafer mm-hmm. and a little bit of wine and you know, you have it on Sunday morning, it takes an hour, you do this ritual, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mean to criticize the Eucharist, but I guess my question for people this week would be, is the Eucharist leading you to engage with the world on a deeper level? Yeah. You know, is it changing you somehow? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if it's not, then I think we've kind of missed all of what Jesus is saying here to us today. Yeah, and it's it's fu- it's also funny because like it's funny. To, I I was thinking about this last night. Like the 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 little wafer really is very man alike in the way that they mm-hmm. describe the manna oh, in scripture. Yeah. It's That's like interesting. Yeah, it was like delicate and thin, and mm-hmm. like and and Jesus <laughs> you can't Jesus it. yeah it Jesus yeah right <laughs> Jesus very clearly says like the bread I'm talking about is not like the manna. And we've created little wafers that are very much like the manna. And so yeah, it's just kind of so funny. funny. Yeah. We like to throw back. Yeah. Throw back Thursday. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that one of the cool things we do up here is that the kids make bread and wine every week for mm-hmm. the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been thinking about that with this verse a bit. And that uh, they, you know, they make it in this cob fire oven outside the bread at least. And then they pick berries and make the juice from berries that are grown here at camp and mm-hmm. um, it, everything is very, is feels very intentional. And so when we present the Eucharist to everyone, it's, it's this communal moment where the kids have really, they've been in it, like I was yeah. saying before. And I think 
like they they have a deeper understanding because they they engaged with the process of making mm-hmm. and the process of preparing food for others. So I feel like it's such a for where I'll just listen to you all talk like that's such a crossover of all the things that we are finding important. I think about this verse and that yeah. you're engaged with the process of creation and communal community mm-hmm. and also with consumption, right? Mm-hmm. With bringing that to yourself, nourishing yourself in the process of nourishing others. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. That that's also cool because, like, when you then when the when the kids then go to the altar to receive this body and blood, yeah. this this bread and wine, it it is it is made up of more than bread and wine. It is made up of a life yeah. that they've lived these last yes. days making it. And yes, with, yeah, exactly. Like their life is in that bread. And, Love that. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So that is our three <laughs> points for today. Um, point number one was Hannah's and it was about the way that we are bringing our life to the life of the world, the way we are offering our life and, um, how our, how our vocation and desire is, is meeting the needs of the people around us and nourishing us, uh, in the ways that we're nourishing others. Kathy was about the embodied grittiness, flesh and blood of Jesus today and how Jesus in those words and in, in his embodiment is always inviting us to our bodies, back to our bodies, to be in it, to be gritty and dirty with the people, with ourselves, with everything, with the world. And then mine followed from that one in just this way that Jesus is kind of in stages, step by step in dialogue with the people that he's been in dialogue with these last few weeks in John chapter six, inviting, always inviting to deeper and deeper into the mystery of what he's talking about, into the mystery of our identities, of his identity, their identity, God's identity, and the identity of our life, the shape of our life, the meaning of our life, the ways we are nourished in Mm. our lives. So having heard those three points, uh, we invite you to read that gospel again, see what jumps out to you. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear what your point would have been for this week. Any questions or comments Mm. or stories you have from your faith discussion, uh, any questions or comments you may have about one of our points or any any of the places that you saw God this past week, we'd love to hear from you about that too. You can always email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, myfaithtogo.org, or you can contact us through, follow us on, direct message us on Instagram at faithtogo. You can also post something and tag us if you want to share your God sighting or uh, your question that way. And thank you to... Hannah and Kathy Wilder for being here. Thank you both. You're the best. Oh, no, no. Thank you, David. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, David. You're welcome. (laughs) It's my pleasure. (laughs) And uh, we appreciate all of you listening in wherever you are. Uh, And we will be back next week. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody.